This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by the American Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of agriculture. Learn more at fb.org. Good Wednesday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. A new study from the University of Illinois says the impact of COVID-19 on corn and soybean farmers could be about $8 billion. Gary Schnitke is an Illinois Extension Ag Economist. He says the loss estimates are as of May 5th. So we took the futures prices on that date to reflect what harvest prices would look like. We then projected forward what the market year average price would look based on that harvest price and came up with estimates of of losses given where we've seen those uh, futures prices at today. But Ohio State ag economist Carl Zuloff says farm programs need to be taken into account. The $8 billion estimate is after we've taken out our estimate of the PLC payment. The PLC payment right now is only for corn at the average. We, we do two estimates, one for low price and one for an average price relationship. But the PLC payment at the average price relationship is covering about one-third of the total cost. Before a price loss coverage payment, Zuloff and Schnitke estimate losses from February to May at about $12 billion for corn and soybeans. Witnesses at a Senate panel say the deployment of rural broadband needs to happen whether or not the state of coverage is adequately mapped. Rural broadband mapping has been frequently criticized for its lack of accuracy because of self-reporting and the lack of service clarity issues. But advocates for connectivity say that shouldn't stop the investment in the technology. Shirley Bloomfield is the CEO of NTCA, the Rural Broadband Association. She says an FCC program that will address unserved areas is a good start. The beauty of the RDOF is they're going to start with the completely unserved. So I think that allows us to keep the process moving, but at the same time starting off where you know you've got no service. So I think that's actually a, a, a wise course of action. She says as mapping is better understood, investments can be more targeted. Broadband deployment is not a cheap proposition, but we know how critical it is, and I think we've seen over the past two months that it's more critical than we even knew. So the key is to do it right. The key is to make the best use of those resources, to take programs that you've got, like the upcoming RDOF auction at the FCC, to take the reconnect support from USDA. How do you marry those programs together? And then how do you also interject potentially what state initiatives might be so that you are getting the best bang for your buck You were reaching the most Americans, and you are making sure that we're not doing this again in another 5, 10 years. Witnesses also said the industry needs to make sure its workers are getting enough personal protective equipment as work continues to keep people connected during the pandemic, and that's getting more difficult. Gasoline demand is on the rise, and there's hope for a bit of an uptick in ethanol demand in the summer driving season. AgriPulse's Ben Nulli has more. As more states reopen, biofuel advocates hope to see a potential bright spot for E15 blended gasoline sales. Growth energy lobbyist Chris Bliley says as E15, or what's now being called unleaded 88, gets more retail visibility, the industry has seen some positive signs. The big thing on on fuel demand is once we start to get some of these states back open, we get people more and more driving. Um, we're hopeful that we can get more and more E15 out there and, uh, you know, folks will choose choose unleaded 88. But State University of New York energy economics professor Tristan Brown says almost always consumers will buy whatever's cheapest. He argues right now that's regular gasoline. Well, that's really good for ethanol, you know, say back in 2008 when gasoline was $4 a gallon. Right now, I think the spot price right now for Arbob is 70 cents a gallon or something like that. 
it's very difficult for ethanol to compete even at a 10% blend, let alone for people to say, all right, let's go up to the 15% blend. Since the Environmental Protection Agency lifted the ban of summer E15 sales last May, there are 2,149 stores selling E15 as of March compared to 1,784 stores this time last year. For AgriPulse, I'm Ben Nully. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's AgriPulse Drive Time is brought to you by the American Farm Bureau Federation. Farmers and ranchers are in the business of feeding people. Though nothing is business as usual right now, we remain committed to making sure our friends and neighbors can feed their families. By expanding longtime partnerships with food banks and creating new ones, we're doing our very best to get fruits, vegetables, meat, milk, cheese, and more to those who need it the most. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.